The Ice Analytics Podcast is sponsored by MyBookie. As you guys know, there's no other sport like hockey, from the fast tempo to the fights to the highlight reel plays, and there's no better way to make it more exciting than laying some money on it with MyBookie.ag. Nobody gives you more ways to win than they do. They have the best payouts and better odds than any other sports book out there. And I wouldn't be telling you this if they weren't the best. And if you join MyBookie now, they will match your first deposit 50% up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $100, you'll get extra $50 of free money. Just use the promo code THPN to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Play, you win, you get paid. Just remember to use that promo code THPN. On this episode of Ice Analytics, I'm going to be evaluating the relationship between shot quantity and scoring. Corsi, Fenwick, expected goals. What do they mean and what can they tell us about scoring? I'm going to be joined by special guest Zach Tompkins of the Siren Sounder podcast, representing the Carolina Hurricanes. This is Ice Analytics, proudly part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 8 of Ice Analytics. I am your host, Matthew Arp. we got two months in the books. It's hard to believe that it's already the middle of February. In case you forgot, today is Valentine's Day. So unless you enjoy sleeping on the couch, you still got a few more hours to go get yourself a card or flowers or whatever people buy each other for fake holidays sponsored by Hallmark. I don't know. But I digress. This is the second part of the exploration between shooting and scoring, and this week's episode is going to focus on shot quantities. As we all know from Michael Scott, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky. On this week's Number Crunch, I'm going to be examining the relationship between shot volume and goal scoring and drawing some conclusions as far as quantity or quality of shot is more important. I'm going to be joined on Stat Chat by Zach from the Siren Sounder podcast representing the Carolina Hurricanes on the Hockey Podcast Network. Excited to get his thoughts as representing one of two teams that are top five in both expected goals for percentage and Fenwick for percentage. What does this mean? Stay tuned to find out. On this week's number crunch, if last week was all about shot quality, heat maps, and all that good stuff, this week is going to be all about shot quantity. And unless you've been living under a rock the past 15 years, I'm sure you've heard the words Corsi and Fenwick thrown around. That's what we're going to be talking about. Possession metrics, the quantity of shots taken, what are they, what's the relationship between possession and goals, and how do they compare to expected goals. All right, just a refresher on what Corsi and Fenwick are. While these things are classified as advanced statistics, if you go to the NHL website, the SAP tab, you'll see them listed under SAT shot attempts or USAT unblocked shot attempts. If you go to your favorite hockey reference site or hockey stats site, you'll see these things referred to as Fenwick and Corsi. And what they really are is shot data that is recorded from the league. This isn't the same as the shot counter you see. Rather, basically, anytime a player shoots the puck at the net, doesn't matter if it hits the net or not, it counts as a shot attempt. And that's where it differs from the shot counter you see, because those are just the shots on net. This includes all shots taken. Corsi measures 
all shots plus shots that were blocked. Whereas Fenwick only measures all shots taken. And you can go look this stuff up. And, and if you look for Fenwick 4, that's the number of shots your team has. If you look at Fenwick against, that's the number of shots that your team has against you. As I mentioned last week, the most common way of expressing these are with a percentage, Corsi 4 percentage, Fenwick 4 percentage. And what this is, is it's a simple division of Corsi 4 divided by the total number of shots taken. So if your Corsi 4 or Fenwick 4 is 50%, it means you had an equal number of shots for and against you. Anything above 50% is better. Anything below 50% is worse. You get the picture. So what feels like an eternity ago, and it's really only been about 15 years, teams that ranked near the top in possession metrics seem to be much more likely to make the playoffs. If we look at the top 10 list of the all-decade Fenwick teams, it's rife with Stanley Cup champions. I mean, we go back to 2008. Detroit won the Stanley Cup. They were not only first that year, but number one in the last decade, all-decade Fenwick 4 percentage. The following year, the Penguins won the Stanley Cup in 2009. They were 16th that year. They were actually below 50%, which means they got outshot cumulatively over the course of the season. But Detroit, the runner-up that year, was first in 2009 and third in the, in the entire decade. I could go through this list, and I will quickly, but the 2010 Hawks, first that year, second in the, in the decade. The Bruins were 14th at 51.4. It was a really competitive year. LA in 2012 was fourth that year. Chicago in 2013 was first that year. LA in 14 was first that year. And then we start to see some cracks in the facade. 2015 Chicago won the cup. They finished seventh in Fenwick four percentage. In 16, the Penguins finished in fifth. And in 17, the Penguins finished in sixth. The real outlier, though, is 2018. The Washington Capitals were 22nd in the league in Fenwick 4 percentage, under 48%. And then last year, we saw St. Louis win the cup. They were seventh in the league. Now, this isn't totally fair, you know, sitting here and listing off how they ranked relative to the other teams in the, in the league. But know this, a lot of these teams finished somewhere between 52 and 54% Fenwick 4 percentage. The average Fenwick 4 percentage position for Stanley Cup winners is seventh in the league. And as I mentioned, it's, you know, right around like 53% in the past decade. Obviously, Washington in 2018 and Pittsburgh in 2009 were serious outliers. The only two in the past decade to have a Fenwick 4 percentage under 50%. But their opponents both those years were near the top of the league. And what this means is that you don't have to have an over 50% possession metric to win the Stanley Cup. You don't even need an over 50% possession metric to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. But it's an extremely important indicator, your team's possession. And over the course of an 82-game season, over the course of a seven-game series, possession matters. Because essentially, if you have more shots than your opponent, that means you have the puck more than your opponent, which means you're going to score more goals than your opponent, which gives you a greater likelihood to win the game. And if you look at the past decade, there's very significant evidence that Corsi and Fenwick are predictive of scoring. Fenwick is slightly better. Removing the block shots from the equation helps to improve the predictability 
for every 1% increase in Fenwick 4, you're looking at about a 0.81% increase in your goals 4%. And for every 1% increase in Corsi 4, it, it's about a 0.76 percentage increase in goals 4. So the relationship between these metrics and actual goal scoring are pretty good considering the amount of factors that can happen during the game and it's a very unpredictable game. So let's get down to it. Last week we looked at shot quality. This week we talked about shot quantity. And which one of these things is a better predictor of actual goals being scored? Well, if you hold constant these possession numbers and just look at the expected goals independent of outshooting your opponent, we find that expected goals for is statistically significant and either Corsi 4 or Fenwick 4, whichever one you throw in the model, are no longer significant at a reasonable level. And what this is telling us is that the inclusion of expected goals for, which from last week you know measures all those factors that, that quantify characteristics of a shot to determine a likelihood of a goal that is way more predictive of actual goal scoring than possession metrics on their own possession metrics look just as good as the expected goals for models but holding them both constant taking the possession part out of it really shows the value in the quality of shots compared to just simple quantities of shots and if you go back and look at some of those teams i mentioned before that were outliers in terms of fenwick four percentage that has a lot more to do with goaltending than any other single factor you can be outshot you can even throw bad shots at the net but if you have a good goaltender none of that really matters that erases all those other mistakes i'm not going to be getting real deep into that on this episode other than to just plant that seed and and keep it Keep it in mind because it's going to be coming back in a future episode when I'm going to be evaluating the relationship between goaltending and winning. But just know that in terms of scoring, expected goals for slightly outperforms some of the other metrics. And when you add them in back into the equation along with expected goals for, they lose their significance and expected goals for really shines as a more reliable metric for predicting goal scoring. Well, that's enough of me rambling. Let's get into the stat chat. I'm joined on this edition of Stat Chat by Zach Tompkins from the Siren Sounder podcast to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes. You can find him on Twitter at SSKanes Podcast. And welcome to the Stat Chat. Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. And yourself? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, first up, generally speaking, how are you feeling about the hurricane season so far? Uh, I mean, generally good. This is a better spot than Canes fans are used to being in at this point of a season over the last, I don't know, 15 years, it feels like. Um, but, you know, the team's been a little streaky at times. Uh, they, they tend to win and lose in streaks. But when you look at the course of every 10-game segment this season, they've pretty much won six, lost four, uh, which I feel like is a recipe for 
making the playoffs. Uh, I don't know how successful you are in the playoffs if you can't muster a, a real strong, consistent performance for l- longer stretches. But uh, all in all, I'd say it's been it's been pretty good. Um, you know, injuries haven't been great recently, but I feel like the team has what it takes to to be successful the rest of the season and get into the playoffs again. Any concerns at all? Uh, is there any like one particular area that that you think maybe they could address during the trade deadline, for instance? Uh, the Dougie Hamilton void is a pretty big concern, I think, for everyone. Um, but I think even before that, honestly, watching this team, they really need a top four defenseman. Um, anyone you talk to around the team will tell you that they 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 signed Jake Gardner in the off season for like four and a half million dollars clearly hoping to get a lot more out of him. Um, and, you know, it, it is what it is with Jake. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend he's lived up to the deal. Uh, I'm not going to bash him either. You know, he's, he's doing his best out there. But they definitely need someone a little more defensively sound to kind of help take up minutes because Jacob Slavin and Brett Pesci can't play 30 minutes a game, unfortunately, uh, even though sometimes they have to. Absolutely. Uh, and, and they're, I mean, they're both rock solid players. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, the topic of this podcast, you know, looking over some of the, the stats that we have and possession metrics and shooting metrics. And I got to say, I was blown away when I discovered that the Hurricanes, at least at the time of this recording, are one of only two teams that are in top five in Fenwick four, meaning they're out shooting their opponents and expected goals for, which means they're taking you know, uh, good high scoring opportunity uh, shots. And as someone who's more familiar with the Hurricanes, watching the team, does it look like they're a team that's outpossessing their opponents and, you know, generating quality shots? Um, so outpossessing their opponents? Yes, definitely. And I think that it's felt like that for a while, like for years, not just this year. Uh, the team definitely went out and added more skill this year, which I think is noticeable and speed. And, uh, you know, those things only help you on top of having a deep good defense only help you keep the puck in your opponent's zone, of course. Um, but yeah, they definitely possess the puck. Well, it's Rod Burnham style to play a hard grinding for checking game in the offensive zone. Um, so, you know, I think they're reaping the benefits of that. Uh, as far as the expected goals stuff goes, I mean, it surprises me a little bit to look at those numbers and see them as high as they are. I think that at times it doesn't quite look like they're generating as many great chances as, as the stats say they are. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like that's also just lack of finish after a while. You know, the guys are getting lots of good shots and just not finishing, and it starts to feel like they're less quality because they're not finishing. But I think that's just a separate issue. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because specifically regarding the, the high-danger shots, so, you know, the things in the low slot and slot area, the, the shots that are considered the most dangerous and, and goaltenders have the, the worst save percentage against, the Hurricanes are top five in the league in the number of shots they're generating from those high danger areas compared to the number of shots they're giving up. But they're near the bottom of the league in shooting percentage in that area. You know, if you're diagnosing their play in the offensive zone, what can they do better to capitalize on these golden scoring opportunities that they have? So that <laughs> that uh, combination in and of itself basically – very is a great metaphor for the Carolina Hurricanes in general. Uh, lots of good chances and very little finish. It's just kind of always been a thing. I, I don't always know why. I mean, when I look at past teams, I can look at the skill on the roster and say, well, it's, it's obvious why they weren't finishing really well. It, 
over the last few years, I feel like they've gotten a lot better and, and you still see kind of a low shooting percentage and you're just kind of scratching your head. Like, how is this team not scoring on more shots? Um, I will say at times, and I, you know, I feel like a lot of different sites and all the, all the public stats available, a lot of different stuff goes into high danger uh, chances. Uh, it seems like sometimes after a game watching it, I'll feel like the hurricanes got no kind of quality and it's not surprising that they only scored one goal or whatever it was during any given night. And then I look at the the stats and it's like they outchance their opponent two to one and it's kind of surprising to me. So um, I feel like at times maybe it's just, maybe they're close to the net, but in that exact scenario, they just weren't in the best position or to be honest with you having, <laughs> what is it? 11, 10, 10 left-handed shots for forwards and two right-handed shots hurts them a lot at times. Like they're in a good spot to score, but if this guy was, on his natural side or his offside, whatever case is better, you know, it really, it really starts to hurt. Um, the other thing I think that goes into this is if you, if you break down, especially, I think the Corsi numbers are, are good to look at to prove this point. The Hurricanes fourth line drives a lot of possession. Like their, their fourth line is a good grinding line, regardless of who's playing on it this whole year. And they get a lot of shots. They generate way more shots than they give up, but they're still fourth liners. So I think that a lot of those expected goals come from kind of their bottom six, just because they're playing that hardworking grinding game. And they're just not a whole lot of finishers uh, in that, in that unit, or you got guys like Nino Niederreiter that are just kind of snake bitten this year and can't find their finishing touch. So I think there's a lot, there's like if a, a lot of, guys that aren't putting up all the points that are generating a lot of the chances and, uh, and maybe less of the, you know, Sebastian Ajo, Tebo Teravine, and Andre Svechnikov just getting chance after chance, because I feel like if it's them, you know, then, then we're in a completely different situation. They're scoring left and right. That's an amazing point. And I'm glad that you brought that up about the, uh, the third and fourth lines and, the, and you know, the bottom six driving this. Cause I might actually have to, I might need to do some digging here and, uh, and see how that all, shakes out because it does seem like from everything you're describing that you know the third and fourth line defense is there and it's just the offense that seems to be the issue right the last last big question i had for you and this is uh kind of uh on a lighter note i ran across some old tweets uh between you and sarah sivian who is covers the hurricanes for the athletic and i'm just curious like what's the backstory on the beef with her <laughs> this is a funny question uh, um the the truth of it is just to like cat out of the bag up front there's definitely no beef um it's all if if anyone follows sarah Sivian on twitter you, you know that she's like very sarcastic has a good sense of humor um which is why i enjoy following her because i'm i'm very similar uh the, i think the particular instance you're talk talking about i actually made it my uh, header picture on Twitter because I thought it was funny um, and it was just like a, a moment that I laughed at a lot when it happened when the Hurricanes played Toronto in Toronto it was it was a, a month or so ago now an afternoon game I just randomly thought back to last year around December 1st when all the talk was surrounding William Nylander and and how the Maple Leafs either need to sign him or trade him and it was like you know the hockey world goes through Toronto sometimes we just talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs for days and days and days when there's so many other things going on but uh she made it she tweeted something in response to essentially a Maple Leafs fan tweeted and said why is Jacob Slavin not in the question for you know being traded for 
William Nylander? Is it because the Hurricanes are, you know, are undervaluing Guarda? And Sarah Sivian responded and said, Jacob Slavin's not in the question because Jacob Slavin is better than William Nylander. And I think now, like anyone who would disagree with that is just crazy, right? Like I, Jacob Slavin is much more recognized as an elite defenseman in the league now. Definitely a top two guy who is a great shutdown guy and also has a lot of skill. Uh, but at the time, you, I mean, it was an unbelievable amount of backlash from uh, what I can only imagine were 90% Maple Leafs fans. But uh, I mean, you've been on Twitter. You know how the Toronto Twitter world works. It's like it feels like all of Canada is coming at you. <laughs> disagreeing with what you're saying uh if you disagree with the fact that anyone on their team is like Connor mcdavid level skill so i brought that back up for fun because i like uh creating drama in the world of the internet and i said hey does everyone remember when sarah sivian said jacob slavin was better than william nylander and all of canada disagreed with her how's that looking now and sarah having the sense of humor she does decided to retweet that which was cool, but then introduced me to the world of her Twitter followers, which are, uh, it's, it's an animal, definitely. It's a, it's a lot of people who I, I, for some reason, a lot of people, and it's a lot of just dudes, like guys that, you know, you, you could probably imagine the guy I'm, I'm talking about here that for some reason follow her just so they can disagree and come into her mentions with like just bad takes in general. Um, so I got it exposed to all those guys which was cool because I just had you know mentions flooded with everything and the the whole thing was oh Toronto is not all of Canada and everyone was getting all offended and finally after like the millionth person saying that to me I basically responded to one person and said something along the lines of like dude I get it it was a joke I was I was making a joke and everyone's taking it way too seriously I understand Toronto is not Canada I know how maps work and all that sort of stuff and Sarah uh, responded to that tweet it like sarcastically saying go to hell siren sounder podcast like basically mocking all the people that were essentially outraged for for no reason and so that is where that came from um not a real uh like argument or anything just a dumb little funny interaction in the twitter world so that's the that's the backstory there you can thank the uh toronto maple leafs fandom for that one that's awesome. I love it. That's a great story. That's, that's definitely not what I expected and uh, probably better than I expected. <laughs> well, uh, you know, any way I can add some entertainment to the show, I'm happy to put that in there. <laughs> no, that's amazing. On that note, as with all my guests, I want to give you the floor. If there's anything you want to plug, any, anything you're doing on your podcast or any new projects you're working out, anyone you want to give a shout out to, the floor is yours. Uh, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot going on in my life other than, you know, just the podcast, I guess, to plug. So uh, you can follow at SS Kane's podcast. Obviously, you know, through the Hockey Podcast Network, same way you're listening to this show. Uh, you can listen to Siren Sounder podcast comes out the same Monday, Thursday. Um, I try to keep it pretty um, easygoing. You know, it's basically just like this conversation right here talking about the team, but just having fun with it. Um, and I would love for people to come check it out so anybody who wants to check it out i would definitely appreciate it and don't forget to uh hit, hit your feed up as well and uh because i know you have a, a dedicated feed as i do and and that's right we definitely appreciate those reviews yes for sure absolutely i want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to to visit me on the stat chat and talk about the hurricanes and a lot a lot of good information there 
Yeah. And thanks so much for having me. This is really cool. Actually. I, I, I genuinely like the show a lot. I listen to it every week. Um, so it's, it's, it's cool to be able to be on it. You, you're doing great with the show. I really, I really do appreciate that. So thank you very much for those kind words. Yep. Take it easy. All right. Thank you. All right, folks. Well, let's wrap this thing up. I'll give you my final thoughts on this and let you go about your business. So what have we learned? Well, Corsi and Fenwick are a snapshot of puck possession. And Fenwick has proven to be far superior to Corsi in a lot of different different ways. But these are both just a proxy measurement for puck possession. Now, maybe with the player tracking technology that they're enabling or puck tracking technology next year, well, starting this playoff, we're going to have better metrics for evaluating possession. But right now, this is the best we got. Looking at the number of shots taken on both sides, comparing them. It's been a good proxy for who has the puck more. There is a place for this in the game. I don't want to be too critical of these statistics. There's a good reason why there's been two teams, Pittsburgh and Washington, coincidentally, that have won the cup in the bottom half. And Pittsburgh was right on that line. And Washington was a little bit further down. There's also a good reason why a majority of playoff teams every year are above 50%. Because there's something about generating more shots than your opponent. And that's not to say that there's not outliers. There definitely are. As of just this week, the LA Kings are leading the league in Fenwick 4 percentage. And they have a 40% point percentage. Yeah, that's right. The 30th team as of this week, in points, is leading the league in terms of puck possession based on the... Possession metrics serve a purpose in better understanding the game, but I think they're better served in conjunction with other stats like expected goals for, which is honestly, if you're looking for a single metric, expected goals for is a better metric than Fenwick for or Corsi for, because it doesn't matter how many shots you take. It matters how many good shots you take and what the likelihood of the shots you do take of going in the net are. I'm not ready to chuck this statistic into the rubbish pile or anything like that. I think there is a place for this. It's a good indicator of how your team is playing, generally speaking. And, you know, it's good to keep around to throw in the model to control for this stuff when you are looking at other things. Spoiler alert for a future episode, when you're looking at things like hits, it's good to have a possession metric to throw in there. And it's not a bad idea to throw it in there when you're looking at expected goals either. The only downside with using something like expected goals for and comparing these things is that there isn't a single measurement for expected goals for. As you know from last week's podcast, there's a whole bunch of a money puck, evolving hockey, natural stat trick. Everybody's got their own, own model for this stuff. But Fenwick is a universal language. Fenwick is just shots. That's it. it, it it's provided by the NHL. Everybody knows what this is. Everybody knows what it represents. There's, there's no bias, right? But expected goals is a model that can have biases. And after the regular season, when we're in the playoffs, I'm going to go back and revisit this and see how everybody's expected goals models held up compared to Fenwick 4. Because I think that what you might find is that some people's expected goals models will actually perform worse than Fenwick 4 because Fenwick 4 is objective and I think that anytime you start model building you can get in your own way. If we look at this season for a second 
And some of the teams performing well in both Fenwick 4 and the natural stat trick expected goals model. I think I mentioned before, Vegas and Carolina are the only two teams that are 53% in both possession and expected goals. That's a pretty good sign. And I think that if you want to you wanna fade some teams, I have some concerns about Vancouver and the Islanders. They're both 48% or below in terms of Fenwick 4 and expected goals. And they're leaning pretty heavily on their goaltenders and their defensive structure. Listen, I don't want to be responsible for anybody who sells their house and, and goes to Vegas and drops that money all on Carolina to win the cup. There's no guarantees here. All I'm saying is, you know, these are potential red flags to keep an eye out for. And I think for Vancouver and the Islanders, we've seen the Islanders do it. We saw them do it last year. They got the potential to defy these expectations. But, you know, keep an eye on them. Keep an eye on Vancouver and keep an eye on Vegas and, and Carolina to have a uh, good run here. All right. Well, next week, I'm going to be tackling goaltending and goaltending metrics. I'm going to be joined by Nick and Nick from the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. And remember, folks, drink and think responsibly. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Ice Analytics, your source for NHL stats and analysis hosted by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. You can find me on Twitter at Ice Analytics, and you can find the show notes at www.statsenforcer.com. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to our feed and leave us a review.